Hey everybody, my name's Johan Philip. And I'm Matt Carvel. And we are live! Every Tuesday afternoon for Live Lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions. That's all. And we have food. So if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into Live Lunch. Well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. live on Instagram, then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at Live Lunch, we are emmanuel.com forward slash Live Lunch. We are now live. Um, welcome to another episode of Live Lunch and uh, the eagle eye amongst you may have noticed that we have a new host with me this um, afternoon. We've got the wonderful George Benson. George leads our evening service. Just give uh, a round of applause there, but I didn't know if it disrupt the mic. You just always added like applause effects. <laughs> I'll take it. And uh, uh, Matt Carver went to Scotland for half term and rumor has it that he's still frolicking around the, uh, <laughs> the hills or the mountains of Scotland. Classic man. Might never return again. Who knows? Matt, if you're out there, tuning into Live Lunch from Scotland, we miss you and we love you. I'm kidding. Matt's in the next room and he's, he'll be around. Uh, well, welcome, George. And alongside George, we have the wonderful Toby Ford Weston. Wonderful. Thank you. I like that. Uh, but welcome to Live Lunch. And Toby, you spoke to us uh, this Sunday. Yes. Do you want to a summary of the preach? Yeah. So I spoke this Sunday uh, and it was on the triumphal entry uh, from uh, Matthew chapter 21. And um, it was just a setting scene um, of what was going on. Of course, this is uh, Jesus has been away uh, for uh, many months, uh, preaching, teaching uh, and healing and delivering. And uh, and um, he, he, he decides because of an episode in Matthew 16 to come back to Jerusalem. He's, he's kind of like, now is the time. And um, and so it's kind of like this huge buildup. Uh, and there's people whispering about, you know, what is Jesus going to come back for Passover? And he comes back just in time for Passover, makes his big entrance. And um, there's a lot of messianic fervor in the air. People are hailing him and receiving him as the Messiah. And there are lots of elements to that in, in the passage and the detail of the passage that show us that these people are expecting Jesus to come in and 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 and, and destroy the Romans who they were being occupied by um, and they didn't like um, they were being bullied by them um, to say the least um, and so uh, I, I explained something of, of that uh, and then um, also uh, said that this isn't just a one-time event this didn't just happen one time in history uh, we often ourselves have high expectations of Jesus um, that he's going to change our situation and, and cry out to him um, but sometimes we can be disappointed in him like the people felt disappointed in him because Jesus didn't go in and destroy the Romans he would be himself destroyed um, and uh, so that's, that was an important point uh, and then I, I kind of moved on uh, from there to um, uh, uh, the reality that uh, he rides a horse and uh, excuse me a donkey a donkey and, and we should ride donkeys as well and the, what, the, the imagery I'm giving what I'm trying to say is that uh, Jesus comes in in humility um, and we need to follow his example of humility kind of thing and then lastly I uh, listened to the, don the, the gospel and um, we focused on this little donkey that he rides and we drew some um, parallels from the donkey uh, to our salvation. That's not a very concise summary, but I'll try my best. So what you're saying is we should trade in our Teslas for donkeys. That's how we commute around Brighton. Yes, very good. Your commute from Peace Haven to Brighton would be days. <laughs> um, I have, I've got a question. 
about yes. that story. Okay. So um, it, the triumphal entry is given a lot of like, airtime, obviously in Matthew's gospel, but also in all of the four gospels. And it's fairly rare for a story to be included in each of those accounts of Jesus' life. John, mm. at the end of his gospel says, if we wrote about everything that Jesus said, we'd fill books that would fill the whole world. Yeah. And so each of them are making decisions. What stories am I including and, and why am I doing it? And so it's quite rare for all of them to have exactly the same story, apart from, you know, the, sort of the key ones at the beginning and end of his life. Mm. Why do you think it's given so much time? Uh, what is, I guess, for us culturally, a story that we might not completely understand. And you do a great job in the preach of helping us with the drama of it. Uh, why, why do you think they're including it? And I guess specifically Matthew. Mm. And why is he giving it so much time? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that, I guess firstly, it's the, the story that sets the ball rolling. Um, it's it's the Sunday before um, the Resurrection Sunday. And so it, it, it seems like it starts now um, here, the, 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 uh, the next kind of uh, five days until he dies and obviously uh, seven days until he kind of resurrects. Um, so that is one of the reasons why it would be included by all four gospel writers. But I think also it communicates something um, really special about the, the, the second coming of Jesus. Um, uh, in the message I read out um, from, I believe, Revelation chapter seven, uh, where um, it, it literally, it, it, it's, a, it's like a parallel of what we, 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 we see in Matthew chapter 21. <laughs> the difference, of course, is the crowd in Matthew 21 are very fickle, as I mentioned in our, our message, and um, uh, they would be uh, hailing him on the Sunday and rejecting him on the, on the, on the Friday, the, cruci- you know, the, the, the Good Friday. Um, whereas, of course, the Revelation end time picture would be um, a much more different um, a picture of the faithful remnant, if you like, that have been saved out of the world and caught up with him. And so, um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's that's something like you see a picture of what that's going to look like with the peoples and even Jesus coming into the, the, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, as it talks about in, in Revelation. And, 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 and the palm branches are present in Matthew 21 and Revelation chapter 7 and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, and just the joy and the celebration and the, and the glory and hailing Jesus as the Messiah. Um, and so it's, uh, there are very few passages in the Bible that I can think of. It might be the only one that does that in such a clear way before the very end time revelation, um, as, I, as I say in, in, in chapter 7 there. So th- those would be some reasons why the, 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 the writers have made those editorial decisions, if you like. I would say. But my question was around, um, I guess when people are, this would help people and, and they read their Bibles. And so you've, you've gleaned a lot from the donkey in the story and saying, well, that's the kind of, uh, you know, we should walk in humility. Yeah. The, the donkey gospels, as you mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, when you're reading your Bible, how do you identify what those things are which can be compared to us? So like, for instance, there's another story in, in one of the gospels where Jesus curses the fig tree because it's not bearing fruit in season. You know, is Jesus going to curse me because I'm not bearing fruit in season? You know, how, how do you identify what things to draw from a story? Mm, that's a really important question. Again, I think specifically on Jesus cursing a fig tree, um, God willing, I'm preaching on that. So I don't want to ruin some of the, the, the stuff uh, for, for them. Um, but um, I think what a lot of it comes down to is understanding how the, the writers of the Bible operate. The more you spend time um, reading the Bible, you, you see, like George said, that they're making decisions all the time, what to leave in, what to not leave in. Um, and so, for example, um, <clears throat> we have very little, de- we have no detail about what Jesus looked like. Mm. Like, you would think that would be a 
fairly with all the writers of the Bible, you'd think that that would be in there, but it's not. We, he had no majesty to draw, you know, he had no beauty to draw us to him in one, you know, that's what it says. And, and um, I personally, I'd, I'd love to know what he looked like on the earth. It doesn't make a difference. It wouldn't change our theology, but out of interest, curiosity, yeah, I'd be interested to know. But they just don't go there. But they give a lot of detail about this donkey mm-hmm. <laughs> and, where, and, and how it was to be set free and brought to Jesus, bring him to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he gives strict instructions. And it's think, why? Why, does the, why is Matthew going there? Why is Matthew giving such detail about a, a little donkey? Why didn't Matthew just say, and there was a donkey and Jesus rode in? Mm-hmm. That, that, that because he's trying to say something. And oftentimes with the gospel writer, excuse me, the, the biblical writers, um, when they give an, a, a specific specifics or a lot of detail, oftentimes they're trying to communicate something. It's almost like they're saying, I'm, this is for a reason. See it. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting something. Oftentimes it's allusions to the Old Testament. Uh, and uh, there are many, many places I could go, but I, I won't, where the, the New Testament writer is saying something and it's mirrored in the Old Testament. And it's kind of saying, I'm linking this to that story. Um, or in this case with the gospel. And if you know something about Jesus and how he's rescued us and other passages that talk about our deliverance, um, the detail here suggests that there's a link that the writer is trying to draw. And so it wouldn't be inappropriate um, if it's biblical, right? And the links are there for, for, for the writer, which is why I personally went there. But that is to say that we, the Bible doesn't give us licensure to do that with anything, with no link and no mm-hmm. kind of um, trace back to the Old Testament or, or gospel thread. Um, otherwise, we'd just be just picking things up and saying, this means this and that means that, and that would be anarchy. And that, that's not at all what we're meant to be doing. Mm. But where it's there and there's detail and you think, oh, this is what they're saying. Mm. Um, I think the links are there to be made. And mm. as often when I'm, when I'm preaching, I pray many things, but two things I pray is, Lord, let me see what's here and let me see what's hidden. Mm. Um, because sometimes the hardest thing to do when you're preaching is to see what's actually there. Mm. Um, believe it or not, it may sound weird. Um, and obviously sometimes there are little hidden things you think, oh, and the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to and you link back. Mm. Um, so those are a couple of things that I would say. You think I found really helpful, the, actually you recommended this to me uh, and the name of lost names, so you need to remind me of this. Uh, the the Bible in the year, or there's a, a guy who does, I think his name is Alistair. Alistair Roberts. Alistair Roberts on YouTube. Uh, he does the Bible in the year, and he, he does a chunk of Old, Old Testament and a chunk of New Testament. It's about a 20 minute um, video, which is audio only on YouTube. And it's just brilliant. The, the stuff he draws out from stories. He's like, I think I saw that. And mm-hmm. he, even like some of the Old Testament stories. And uh, the, he, for example, he talks about Lot uh, being Abraham's, almost like a son to him. Uh, and you don't see, you don't think, and there's so many parallels he draws with, with, uh, with stories from the flood and and creation. So I, I found that really, uh, Alistair Roberts. Alistair Roberts. So that guy's like my hero. <laughs> that guy is my guy. I love his stuff. I can't highly recommend it enough. Yeah. He goes. He's gone through the whole Bible. Um, he reads out, and as Johan said, he he, mm. he 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 does exposition on it. It's it's sensational, and mm-hmm. um, I recommend it to anybody. It's best stuff on the internet for me. Amazing. Mm. So if I'm reading my Bible and I've come across a passage, I've noticed a detail like the donkey or something that's in there. And I'm thinking, okay, I wonder if uh, that must be there for a reason. I wonder why that is. And I start to think about it. What should be my process? And I guess people listening, watching, what should be our process in terms of figuring that out? Where do we go? How do we pray? You talked a little bit about what's there and what's hidden, and that's helpful. And Alistair Roberts, but what other resources are there, and what other mm-hmm. things can we do? 
Yeah, so um, so, so I guess there's a few ways to answer that. Um, it depends what sort of study you want to do. If you want to do something of a deep dive into a passage or a book, um, commentaries are extremely helpful. And, um, and I, I don't want to make this just about preaching because not everybody preaches, but... Um, all of us preachers, we, we have lots of commentaries that we refer to and, and people that we trust and respect. And we, we do a lot of reading to make sure that what we're saying is kind of within uh, the realms of, um, you know, evangelicalism and uh, in biblical uh, historical Christianity. Um, and and, uh, and so, so if you're looking to go that way and just get as much as you can, then commentaries from uh, respected sources are, are, are important. Um, but I, I think a lot of people aren't necessarily looking at that. I don't, you know, it's like, it's like eating foods, you know, some foods, you, some days you're reading your Bible and it's, you, you just, you just need the sustenance, right? And, and some days you, you're like, right, I'm going to, it's Friday night, I'm going to make a meal, I don't know, you know, and, and sometimes it's like that. And so I don't think that, um, it's a requirement for everybody to get as much as they possibly can. Um, but I think, I think go with it. The, the Bible, if you have time and you read it and you see something, go back. The, 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 the Bibles are, f- are full of kind of cross references. Mm. Go back to them and, and see what it's saying. And because there's so many cross references mm-hmm. there and, and you can see new things, especially in the Old Testament. So much. I think one thing that I'm learning more and more is so much of the New Testament. Pretty much all of it is founded on the Old Testament, mm. which is fairly obvious thing to say, but just the detail of it is mm. pointing back so often to the Old Testament. So a, a greater knowledge of the Old Testament really informs your knowledge of the new. Um, and so, um, yeah, so a few things I would, I would say there, but it's exciting when the Holy Spirit comes and you begin to see something and it's just, it's a wonderful thing. And, and, and it's, it's, it's to be applied. Mm. Uh, it's not just to uh, puff the, the, the head knowledge up. Oh, look, I've seen this in the Bible. It's, it's okay. Mm. So what does this mean for me in my life? And, uh, and, and if you do that, um, uh, your, your, your Bible, study will be rich yeah it's amazing we were talking about Romans behind the Romans and you had a really good question yeah so I think um, you, that, that image of there Jesus is coming in and he's um, he, he there's a lot of potential rioting it just takes a spark to light that fire right they're already they're there we've been oppressed by these romans there's millions of them and in in the city at the time mm. and uh, it feels like a real moment and they are looking for this very specific salvation from the romans these mm. kind of oppressors it's like we want you to get rid of them and uh, instead jesus comes and it's kind of this this upside down nature of the of the gospel and he comes and he's he's humble and he's on a donkey and we've discussed that yeah. and uh, you talked about how in our own lives we can we can sometimes be focused on the romans these kind of present things and as they are there but jesus is really interested in i mean that in that situation he's interested in salvation of everyone who believes right he, uh, for all time it's this massive moment that i'm coming here to do that on the cross and not a specific moment but in our own lives as well we think okay this is one thing i really want man i'd love to be married or uh, i'm struggling with money or i'd love a job and that for me is the picture of salvation you know and, and different people will have different pictures so i guess so someone's been, if someone was there on sunday or they've listened back to the preach and they've gone okay i think it's me i think i think salvation is getting rid of the Romans or in my life, it's getting this thing or whatever it is. Um, but I'm still in that, even though I've recognized Jesus might be doing something more in my heart. You talked about your own story of what God might have been doing in your heart in a situation in your family and things like that. I've recognized it's that. Mm-hmm. 
but what do I do with that? Because it's not happened yet. I've not seen the fruit of it. And I don't really know what he's doing. I'm still sitting in it. How, how does this help me? Does it help me? What should I do with it? And as, as an addition, I think some of the oppression could be stuff you need to deliver some immediately, right. like a, an illness or like a just a really nasty relationship or just some horrible things going on. Mm. So the, the deliverance is, <laughs> there's a sense of urgency around the deliverance. Right. Yeah. So I guess um, a Christian um, to be happy and joyful in this life really um, needs to think fairly long term. Mm. Um, the Bible talks about um, our hope is not not that we die and go to heaven, um, but actually it's the, the second coming of Christ. That's mm. our ultimate hope. And the, the fullness uh, you know, the kingdom being um, not just now and not yet, but the kingdom being all now. Mm. Um, uh, and um, and I think that long term thinking, you, you just got to get that in that mindset as a Christian thinking that, well, actually, um, you know, what Jesus achieved on the cross is that I'm being saved and there's going to be a day when I am ultimately fully saved. And the, the, the knowledge of that is called hope. The hope of the, the, the resurrection of, of, of the, the believer and the, and, the, and the seeing Jesus face to face is what keeps us going today mm. like that is coming that's unshakable nothing can separate us from the love of god in christ jesus height depth angels demons all these things uh, romans chapter eight um and so i think applying that to kind of what you're saying in terms of okay so it's good that jesus is doing stuff and mm. changing me through my sanctification um but what about now ultimately that that's part of the hope like it's evidence it's evidence of my salvation the fact that the lord is changing me by the power of the holy spirit because it's it's bringing me to that day if you like um the bible talks about this light and momentary affliction uh, that we 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 are suffering we uh, we're living through kind of like in comparison to the fullness of that that is to come the heaviness the weight of glory the bible says um what the trials we go through even even if severe are are, are actually comparably light and momentary um and so these these things are again pointing to the fact that there's a huge salvation that awaits us in the heavenly uh, with Jesus mm. and, and that should help help us in our today because it gives us power to live through uh, uh, through these days uh, that's the first thing I'd say I think the second thing I'd say is that um, uh, Jesus how will he not together with him give us all things again quoting the Bible there which means that if God did not spare Jesus his son and going after the, the, the spiritual Romans as I said there's a there's a promise that he'll give us anything that we that is good for us anything that in our father would give um and jesus does say you know deliver us from evil which which ultimately means that he's listening and he's hearing he's not distant um but he, he and it's not so it's not one or the other is what i'm trying to say it's not kind of like um oh it's all right he's working on your sanctification so it doesn't matter that you're feeling mm-hmm. sick mm-hmm. um that, that's not what, what i'm trying to say it's actually he will be doing that as well mm-hmm. and keep on crying out for this because he's got purpose for that mm-hmm. um uh, and ultimately all, all of our sicknesses all of our issues will be resolved um uh, in in the long term um mm-hmm. sometimes at a donkey's pace mm-hmm. but of course he can break out at any time so it's both and have a long-term perspective of the, the glory of what your suffering is achieving and the hardship that you're going through is achieving but also have the short-term perspective of hey jesus can break out any moment let's keep on crying out um because he'll give us anything we ask for the bible says and and if we continue to ask him in faith there's no reason why he wouldn't yeah that's such a helpful 
balance, isn't it? Because um, I think probably we can fall down on one or the other. We can fall down on, well, actually, I don't want to hear that God's using us for good in the future mm. because it hurts now. Yeah. And uh, I love the way that you've not, you've not let that go. Like, no, that is an amazing hope for us as Christians, that each day does move us forward to that final day, mm-hmm. even if it's the worst day in the world. Mm-hmm. God's at least, he is at least achieving, moving us closer to that day when we see him face to face. And that's a, a massively powerful thing. Um, but also we do recognize, and as all of us having pastored and uh, you know all of us who are friends and families, we know that often the moment might not be quite right to say, we'll look ahead to what God might be doing through this, this thing that's going on in your life. And so it might not be pastorally wise to say it in that moment. Um, but all we can always say is what you're saying in terms of we do have faith for God to change things. And, uh, and also what these, um, what these Jews have missed, which is they've looked for this specific um, salvation from the Romans and they're looking for it. And that's their kind of aim. And a few days later, they cry out to crucify Jesus. So they're kind of in all of it. They've missed that. Jesus is there. Yeah, yeah. He's arrived. Right? Right. The, the Savior's there. Yeah. And uh, I think that has to be for the person that can't look beyond the next hour or the next yeah. day or the next week. The hope has to be that Jesus is there. Mm. That he's close to the, the brokenhearted Absolutely. in those moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're actually looking for your salvation from that specific thing, you might miss him. Mm-hmm. You might miss the, the yeah, fact that he's turned so up. Good, man. Um, and there yeah. is a way that Jesus, um, there is a way that Jesus draws near to those that are suffering, um, a unique way it seems that um, is wonderful. Uh, just a quick story. Um, there's a song um, that um, I, I really love. We don't really sing it. It's not really a worship song, but it's um, it goes it go it says um, it's called "Though You Slay Me" and it's it's taking a line out of Job. So, Though you slay me, still I will worship. Something like, though you bury me, I will rise again. And the, the, the person is, is addressing God, uh, similar to pretty much taking <clears throat> words from Job. Um, and, and the way the person was singing is, thankfully, I'm not in a season of uh, serious sort of trial at, at this point in my, in my life. Um, but I remember listening to this person sing this song and being jealous, being jealous, thinking, oh man, like, this person, there's there's a, such a connection. There's such, Jesus is drawing so near to this person. You can hear it in the pain of how they're singing this. Yeah. And I, I've known, and I'm sure all of us have known times where we've been um, under serious trial and we've known Jesus draw so close, closer than he's perhaps ever been to us in that, in that time. And it's kind of like <clears throat> what you're saying, George, like these Romans, excuse me, the, 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 the crowd that didn't know that Jesus was there. He was literally there in their trial. He was there. They could have, literally touched him mm-hmm. and, and they missed it um but we, we're not to miss it mm-hmm. you know when we are going through trial when the romans are oppressing us whatever that looks like for us um, he draws so close and um we could know him and paul uh, talks about this he talks about knowing um the, the, the like the fellowship of his sufferings mm-hmm. um and, and sometimes to think can i pray that prayer can i can i can i can i say that but um what he's saying is profound because he, he's saying that in his suffering he's not wishing evil upon him himself um, but he's saying that in in as much as his life looks like christ he there's a unique mm. unity closeness fellowship that you can know of jesus that mm. you, you you won't necessarily know when things are all good and again it, it goes um again it's you know the bible talks about angels 
Now angels, they can't sing the songs of salvation. An angel doesn't know what it's like to sing songs of substitution and, 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 and Jesus died for me. They can't, because they, they, they look on it jealous probably, not in a sinful way, because they're, they're elect angels, they don't sin. But, um, but you know what I mean? There's a sense of that they're kind of, oh, I, that is that is amazing. That is glorious. And we have that. And, and, uh, and uh, I wouldn't swap that for the world because it, I, we, we, as Christians, we, we get to know the Saviour in a unique way that other angelic beings don't. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's just so important to reshape our perspective on life. Is, is quite often you, you can, so we can do this really subtly, is we, we place ourselves on the donkey mm-hmm. and we expect us to be the hero of the story. And mm-hmm. it's all about me and my, my, my deliverance. And uh, sorry, this is not flippant because we've all had to wrestle through pain and, 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 and hard stuff, myself included, um, big time. Uh, but the times I found most comf- most comforting is, is the knowledge that this is not just my story that's playing out, it's his story that's playing out, mm. and I get to play a part. Mm. And with suffering, I'm thinking about this whilst you were preaching, is that uh, in in response to that, that question, I was thinking about whilst you were preaching, was but, if, if we look at the deliverance of our suffering as being the goal of the story, then we probably will be disappointed mm. uh, time and time again, because that's just life. Mm. Uh, well, that kind of, so Israel was conquered by the Roman Empire, and we still, there will, there's always wars going on and conquest and nations are warring against each other. There will always be famine and, and some form of suffering. It's a horrible story of Nick Levely who tragically drowned you know, this it's life. These horrible things do happen to us. In, in life. And I, our, our main mission in, the, in, in this lifetime is, is to know him, but also to be obedient to him. And his, his commission to us, the last thing he said was to go and make disciples of the earth. And if you're, if you're reframing our perspective to, you know, we are the ones that carry Jesus' name with us and, and to make him Him glorious, then, you know, it, I feel like it does bring some strength in the midst of that mm-hmm. suffering. Mm-hmm. We realign ourselves to the perspective yeah. of of who Jesus is. But there will come a day when the suffering will all end. Mm-hmm. And I, all of us as Christians, probably, or well, maybe it's just me then, who've, uh, <laughs> who've wanted to go and be with Jesus sooner rather than later. Yeah. So what's the point of life in all its hardships <laughs> when I've got heaven ahead of me, I've got like the world's greatest holiday that's, that, that's coming up. It's going to be literally perfect. It's going to be everything uh, better than everything that I've dreamed or imagined or hoped for and I'll get to be with Jesus all the time mm-hmm. how incredible does that sound mm-hmm. uh, it's coming it's coming mm-hmm. uh, and, and you did you, know, the, the, you, you landed the preach with uh, Jesus rode the donkey in, in that story but when he comes back he'll be coming back riding on a horse yeah. in all his majesty and splendor but yeah but even just before that just you, you, you we're talking about the um, the knowing Jesus in, in trial. Um, and it does go back to the donkey. I'm not, I'm not obsessed with donkeys, by the way. Um, um, why, why are you looking around? You think donkeys are going to be... Uh, <laughs> so I'm, trying to look, I'm trying to look at the camera. How dare you I don't know the camera is. We've got one here um, today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is that. It's, it's just there's so many links. And if you, if you permit me for a moment, just to tease the, uh, the, the analogy a, a bit further. If, you're, if we're the donkey in this passage... Okay, uh, and I did some caveats in the message, so don't be offended. Listen to the message that I caveat it. But if we're the donkey in this passage, literally, Jesus is on our back, mm. right? Um, and it's a picture of carrying our cross, 
Mm. Uh, carrying um, the, the calling that Jesus has for our life. Jesus says, you know, come follow me, carry, carry take your cross and follow me, excuse me. And, um, and what's interesting is you can't see him. As a donkey, you are, you are plodding on. You can't see Jesus. He's behind you, but you hear his, his voice. And in, in life, there are moments where you do hear um, Jesus' kind of still, small voice whisper in your ear in amongst the noise. Right. This is this is the procession into Jerusalem. There's crowds, as, as the story says, there's lots of noise, lots of celebration. Uh, and we all know those moments when I say we all know there are those moments where Jesus does just does whisper. You know, his nearness. Right. So you do feel his weight. You feel the burden of, of, of representing Jesus. You feel the burden of of following in his death like we've been talk, talking about, um, but you do notice that you feel the warmth that emits from his body. Mm. Like you feel it towards you. You you feel him kind of gently tug you in a new direction. You think, oh, okay, now this is where I'm supposed to be going. You, you feel him pat you on the back a, a couple of times in in, in uh, as you go, you know, through life, you feel the commendation of Jesus. So, so there are so there are so many ways that this this sort of donkey picture fills out, and we see some some more. Um, it sheds more light, if you like, on on the gospel and what our reality is. And uh, and like you were going to say, you know, that relationship won't be that way forever. There will be a day uh, when um, he's not behind us, but he's in front of us. Mm. And we won't have to just keep on plodding on as a donkey. Can't, no, keep on going. Got to keep on going. Uh, and we will rest. And we, we won't have to lift him up. We won't have to work to lift him up because everybody will know him. Mm-hmm. And, and and then uh, preachers and pastors uh, will be out of jobs. We'll be out of jobs. <laughs> we can resign. I will never preach another message again. I won't. And, and, and we won't have to pastor anyone because everyone won't have any problems. <laughs> uh, at least all myself. And, and, and it's just a, a wonderful uh, picture of um, all of us standing around the throne with palm branches in our hands, beholding uh, the King um, and, and rejoicing forevermore before him. And it's, 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 that's the way all history is going. It's unstoppable uh, because Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And this is uh, him ultimately uh, bringing all of that about and making all of his enemies a stall for his feet. Brilliant. Great, man. We're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, Toby. Uh, next week, you've got Joel preaching to us on Jesus uh, clearing the temple, whipping up the um, pigeons Smashing and the sellers of pigeons and turning over tables. So as a gold steam, maybe we'll go a bit crazy, have some props on set, you know? Pigeons flying around. Yeah. I won't be Jordan satisfied. Of, yeah, unless Joel kicks over a few tables, um, I won't be satisfied. I'll ask my money back. Brilliant. All right. You've got to do your best. So, yeah, everybody, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.